In the realm of true crime, every crime scene tells a story. Every story has its truths. These are the stories from inside the crime scene tape that separates fact from fiction. A lot of people don't understand that when the Ranger Division originally started, it was made up of Hispanics, uh, Anglos, Blacks, Indians. It was a whole demographic makeup of the Rangers initially, and that's what they look like today. Russell Molina, the chair of the Texas Ranger 2023 Bicentennial, shares a little history about the oldest serving state law enforcement agency in the United States. This is an edition of True Crime Reporter, Texas Ranger Files from Dallas, Texas. Former U.S. Prosecutor Bill Johnston and Robert Riggs, that's me, the reporter, take you inside the crime scene tape. In this episode, Russell Molina, a Houston business entrepreneur and civic leader long associated with supporting the Texas Rangers, is our guide. We talked with Molina after the state kicked off bicentennial festivities on Texas Independence Day, March 2, 2022. The event started at the Dickies Arena on the grounds of the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo made possible by its president, Brad Barnes. And it later ended on Mule Alley, hosted by Craig Cavalier in the Fort Worth Stockyards and at the Hotel Drover. One note, Mule Alley is where my great-uncle, Bob Sims, bought mules for the use in the East Texas oil fields in the 1930s and 40s. Those places are steeped in Texas history. Fort Worth, known as Cowtown, is where the West began. And there is nothing more Texan than the Texas Rangers. If you are a fan of Taylor Sheridan's TV series Yellowstone or 1883, you're going to like this episode. We even include tips on how to buy a cowboy hat. Russell Molina is the chair of the Texas Ranger Bicentennial 2023, and he joins us. Um, Russell, I know you've already worked on this for five years from what I hear. What drew you to the Rangers? Well, my father was a judge and a sheriff of Fort Bend County. So law enforcement has been something that we or I have been around all my life. And there's a gentleman, Tony Liao, who his family and my family have been friends for a very long time. And Tony became chief of the Rangers eventually. He did. He sure did. And, and when he became captain of Company A Houston, he put me on the foundation board back in 2004. So that's actually how I got uh, started with the Texas Ranger Foundation. And then the Bicentennial was something that came up about, called it six, seven years ago. And really five years ago, I started really putting some thought to it. And, uh, and here we are now, almost uh, not even a year away. What is it you want people? to know about the modern day rangers we know the the history and some of the mythology and uh but what about today because i was struck uh, yesterday you had a rolling out ceremony for for it and the governor spoke but there were displays and i met a ranger there was you know he had his flight certificate in drones 
and there were three different drones there. And he talked about how every uh, company of rangers, there's a ranger now that does this. And so it really struck me that it's a long way from horseback. Still do, absolutely. But that's part of what it is on the modern ranger to really expose people to what they do do today and who they are and having the drones and the robotics and all the different areas that they're involved in. And people don't realize there's only 166 throughout the state and they truly are the elite of DPS. And it's one of those things that we have an opportunity with this bicentennial to have people come to the, the the different functions we're going to be having, but to learn and teach them in regards to what the modern ranger's doing, the level on the investigative aspect of things and the tools that they have available to them. And it's something, again, a lot of people don't even realize that they're, they are the lead investigators of Texas. We've talked about this a little bit before, I think maybe when Captain Prince was here, but for folks that aren't from Texas or certainly are not familiar with the ranger service, Law enforcement problem in Texas, it's existed for, gosh, for 170 or 80 years, is that it's so big. Of course, Texas, in the news today, it's uh, compared to the size of Ukraine, it's maybe a little larger than the country of Spain. And it's so large. And of the 254 counties we have, probably 220, 230 are rural. And it's always been a problem for local law enforcement, as you know, in smaller counties to be able to work cases like murder cases, kidnapping cases, because their sheriff's offices are small. They don't have a lot of experience. And it's always been their ranger function, whether it was 100 years ago or today, to help those smaller counties. And also, however, in the large cities to bring expertise, particularly in interrogation and and uh, solving difficult murders and tying murders together. We heard stories last night, which I had from Tony Leal, I had no idea, regarding the so-called railroad killer. And that case was disjointed in that different agencies had something, had a strange murder and a strange murder here and one there, and even began in other states. And um, it was the Rangers to the largest extent that saw the various pieces of the puzzle and realized it's all one puzzle. So at any rate, that's my two cents on why the Rangers are so important and have been for so long in that you have such a huge state. And that's right. And that's where the, that rural component where the Rangers are those experts. They they go to hours and hundreds of hours of schooling and training, and they bring that expertise to these rural uh, counties. And the sheriff's departments, you know, they have a rotation that's going on there as a sheriff, as an elected official. But the people that make it up, I mean, they're there for, their, for doing a great job. But again, they don't have the hundreds of hours of training. So the Rangers become that lead investigator for them. And you'll also know that they're not the ones at the mic. They're there standing behind the person in the mic. But as you just said, they do the work. They're the ones that piece things together, and they are an asset and always have been. And when you get into the major cities, obviously they have the expertise that's there, but the Rangers still bring a different perspective, even in those instances. Well, at yesterday's uh, rollout event for the 2023 Bicentennial, I heard Rangers say over and over that 
you know, we don't really like doing this. We don't like being in front of a TV camera or the microphone. And what? so what is it about them that they, because, you know, the FBI, I mean, they're shoving everybody out of the way to get in front of the microphone, you know. The Rangers are completely different. It's just the way that they have always been. And it's something that it's never been about them. It's just about them going and doing their job and being proud of the work that they do without taking the accolades, without being in front of that camera. And it's something that's really ingrained in them. And that's just the way it's continued on. And I don't think that will ever change. And that's where, again, this bicentennial is an opportunity for them to be able to be out front as they've never been before, have that light on them like never before. And I can tell you that probably after 2023, they're going to fade right back into that role that they've been playing. We're in a historical time as we sit here, March 3rd, uh, 2022. And Many have uh, drawn analogies from the what's going on in Ukraine right now to the David and Goliath. And the other, the other comparison I've heard on several national and international programs is like the Alamo, like the Texans. And, of course, the Texans were fighting uh, Santa Ana's army back in those days. And many people don't know one of the early tasks, for lack of a better term, of the Rangers who were formed in 1823 during the Texas Revolution against Mexico, they served as scouts. They knew the area so well and were so re- relatively, like you said, inconspicuous that they served as scouts to try to find out where Santa Ana's forces are. And, of course, it was important because in our Texas history, uh, March 2nd, yesterday, it was Texas Independence Day, big day in Texas. And while on March 2nd of 1836, while the Alamo was under siege, They held out at the Alamo, much like they're doing in Ukraine right now. They held out at the Alamo. And one of the reasons they did that and they sacrificed themselves is so the other troops that Sam Houston had organizing could get in shape and get ready. And the Rangers helped scout that force of Santa Ana down near San Jacinto, now in Texas. But that's how old the Rangers have been relevant. And in that shadow of the spotlight, working to help. And that's really that historical component that people need to understand where that's also part of what we're trying to do on the Bicentennial. When you think of Texas history, it's hard not to know about that ranger history intertwined because it's truly one and the same. You couldn't have Texas be what it is today if it wasn't for what the rangers did during that Mexican Revolution and, of course, even prior to that and even now for what they're doing. And that's the other piece that we're trying to really get out there on the Bicentennial is to bring that historical component to the forefront and let people have the opportunity to understand more and better for what the Rangers have done. But again, creating really what Texas is in so many ways. We've seen sort of back in the old days, a lot of movies when the Westerns were so popular in the 50s and 60s and early 70s, the Rangers were portrayed in in a pretty cool way a lot of times. And then I think the revival of that for people, let's say, uh, over 30 was Lonesome Dove. And those were those retired Ranger captains, captains and how cool they were and how tough they were. And I think that, and that was uh, Larry McMurtry, I believe, wrote that, wrote that, the book and the screenplay. But that was a, brought it somewhat more recent. And then the movie, Taylor Sheridan's movie, Hell or High Water, against, so we have periodically, we'll get a glimpse into the toughness 
and the resolve of the Rangers, but it literally goes back 200 years, doesn't it? It does. And that's where, when you think about that 200 years of history, Texas itself will be celebrating its 200th, but not till 2036. Right. So here we have an opportunity to create this bicentennial celebration commemoration for the Rangers. And I believe and I wholeheartedly hope to see this lay the groundwork for our Texas bicentennial in 2036. And for people, again, giving some history, which seventh graders in Texas may know because it's taught in seventh grade, it required, Texas history is. But for those that, again, are not from Texas or not from the United States, Texas was its own nation. Texas declared its independence from Mexico, March 2nd, 1836, and won its independence on San Jacinto Day, April 19th, 19th or 29th, my brain's slipping on that. But anyway, San Jacinto Day in Texas when uh, Sam Houston's army beat Santa Ana's army. And Texas was its own nation. It had its own Marine Corps, so to speak, its own Navy, its own army. And the Rangers were sort of the federal police of the Republic of Texas. And they were cowboys and they were on horseback, but they were, they maintained through the early part of the settlement of Texas all the way through the federal, the the independence of Texas as its own republic, which was until 1845 when we joined the Union. But again, the Rangers have, you talk about six flags over Texas, the Rangers have actually been under many flags. Six flags, actually, all six wow. flags, because they started again under Mexico. That's right. And, and then continued on throughout that whole duration. And a lot of people don't know that the Texas Rangers are the longest serving law enforcement agency in North America. And the second one is actually the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, who happen to be celebrating their 150th anniversary in 2023 as well. And we're bringing them in to be part of our commemoration for 2023. Well, we know their image for for toughness. But what struck me over the years in reporting on them is how intelligent they are, uh, really understanding the mind of the criminals and... Uh, they come, in order to be a ranger, you have to first be in a state trooper. You have to be in the highway patrol. Correct. What is it you think about that job that prepares them to be a, a good ranger? Well, they will tell you that if when somebody becomes a ranger, they were born a ranger. So they have that innate ability that is already there. And DPS being a trooper, that starts to really showcase who has those skills in a much, you know, a significant way. And when you think about a positioning opening up in the Rangers, when there's one position open, there's over 100 people, 100 DPS troopers that will apply for that. So they will tell you that it's really you're born a Ranger. You just have to become one. Man, April 21st, by the way. Sorry. San Jacinto Day. That's really bad. Robert and I both went to Texas A&M. That's also Aggie muster. Yes. I could really get in trouble for missing that date. <laughs> a couple other things happen on the 19th and 29th we won't talk about now. You, they, they carry this presence, too. And uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel Randy Prince was talking with us re recently, and he said that a ranger uh, should be able to walk into a room without the hat, without the white shirt, without the badge and the gun belt, but everybody knows that they are a ranger. What is that? That's that they carry themselves in such a way. And, and it's so true when you do see them not in uniform per se, you can tell that that is a man of character, a person of honesty and integrity. And that's really something that if an individual is made up of those qualities, it's always there. 
It's not something you turn on or turn off. And that is what a Texas Ranger truly is. Captain Prince, uh, Captain Prince, the father of Lieutenant Colonel Randy Prince, told us that in reviewing applicants, they'll look through their history with with the Texas Department of Public Safety, perhaps on highway patrol or in the narcotic service. And they often look for these little hallmarks of courage or of character. And, you know, they, they usually pop out. There's something that happened during their career where they showed a great deal of character, ethics, honesty, so forth. And uh, that's a little bit of a flag that pops up. They can identify them. Otherwise, like you said, sometimes it's just the aura is a little bit of a silly word for this, but it is some sort of a force field you detect sometimes. Well, and I think that, again, when you come across an individual who just truly has all of those qualities and skill sets, you know it, you feel it, Mm -hmm. and you can really, it resonates with you. So I think that's really what it is. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in a moment. I'll be back. After this break. Hello, this is Robert, and I want to ask a small favor. Will you please tell your friends who love true crime to follow the True Crime Reporter podcast? As you know, it's one of the few podcasts where you can hear raw, unfiltered accounts from law enforcement experts, victims, and even convicted criminals. And please sign up for my free newsletter. The form is on every page of my website. Finally, I am so thankful to my Apple listeners who have given the podcast five-star reviews. Your reviews on all of the channels are extremely helpful in spreading the word about this podcast. Now, back to our episode. Well, I'm Robert Riggs, back with True Crime Reporter in this edition of Texas Ranger Case Files. We're talking with Russell Molina, who is heading up the Bicentennial Celebration for 2023 of the Texas Rangers. We have a lot of listeners overseas and a big audience in Australia. What is it about Texas and then the Rangers you think that just grab attention outside of this country? Europe and Asia? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a great question that I think is probably a, a long answer, but the simplicity aspect of it is when you think about how they have been symbolized in movies, in cartoons, in radio back before there was TV, it was always that person who came in on that white horse in effect. The Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger. And and they did some outstanding job or work or held off a significant number of individuals or saved people back in the frontier days. So you have all of that wrapped around that mystique aspect of it. And of course, course, Hollywood has the ability to really create that in a whole nother level, but some of it's very, very true. It's really some of those characteristics are there. And today's Rangers are from all walks of life. You could describe it multicultural. Absolutely, which a lot of people don't understand that when the Ranger Division originally started, it was made up of Hispanics, uh, Anglos, Blacks, Indians. It was a whole demographic makeup of the Rangers initially, and that's what they look like today. That's another angle which most people don't realize, which is the Texas Revolution uh, against Mexico wasn't race versus race. It was countries. The heroes, many of the heroes of the Texas Revolution were Hispanic, Juan Seguin being a p- primary one. And similarly, the Rangers, even early on, you were a man of Texas now a man or woman of Texas, it, it doesn't matter. 
color of your skin. It matters the type of character you carry. That's exactly right. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with any of the color of skin or where you, it's how you are and what your beliefs and, and the true nature of you as a person. Um, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that the first African-American chief of the Texas Rangers was back in early 2000s. Uh, the first Hispanic chief was Tony Leal, actually, in the 2000s as well. And there was a successor chief after Tony Leal who was the next Hispanic chief. Um, so, you know, now it's a matter of continuing on. And, and that's really where you have diversity there that is across every uh, every aspect. Well, and we, and we have in the Ranger Museum in Waco, Texas, there's quite a display of Lone Wolf Gonzalez. And Lone Wolf was, again, just a legendary legend, even in his own time, Ranger. I had a friend whose parents had pictures taken with his uh, with with him and his wife at the time. And and uh, he was known to be big medicine, you know, 80 years ago. And he's from Spain. Did not know that. Yeah, he was he's actually for, he's a Spanish gentleman. And not only that, he brought the investigative part of the Rangers to the forefront. He made the Rangers become more of the modern Ranger, you know, today is because of what he did from that investigative aspect. And an, another, uh, Robert knows this story better than I, but another function the Rangers had when it was, who knows how popular it was at the time, but they put down racism. Uh, they were involved in anti-Klan efforts. Uh, was that uh, Frank Hamer that w- did yeah, that? Frank Robert? Hamer, who is the fam- famous Ranger, he came out of retirement to work for the prison system to go get Bonnie and Clyde because they had broken people out of prison. And uh, he really was kind of that whole notion of one ranger, one riot, one ranger. He had gone to some cities that were controlled by the Klan who had captured African-Americans and dragged them through the street and murdered them. And he, one man, put them down. Yeah, and that's really where when you go into that history of the rangers, there's so much of that. They're, they're, that what they have done for all communities, but especially during that time period, they were very proactive in regards to going against the Klan, chasing the Klan, and being sure that they were punished for what they were doing. That's a deep and abiding character, irrespective of the time they live in. The time, obviously, we can look back and the various times of a ebb or a wave of whether it's racism or cultural issues, the Rangers always stood right on the keel of that, never never bending one way or another, just standing right on the, the true keel. Well, and I think, too, it's something that you have to take all things in context of the time period and the full context of That's that right. time period. That's right. And, and, and they were doing what the citizens and the governor of Texas wanted at that particular time, um, but they were always true to what it was they were doing. Russell, you're trying to do some fundraising around this bicentennial. Tell us some of the things that you're trying to fund. So the, the we've got several initiatives. The main one is the memorial to be built at DPS headquarters off Lamar in Austin. So right now, the existing memorial for those who have died in the line of duty is truly inadequate. It was something that was created in the early 70s. There's over 100 plus Ranger names, not even part of it, because the Rangers became a division of DPS when DPS was actually formed in 1935. So all those who died prior are not even part of it. And it's truly just two little simple uh, pieces that really aren't 
significant enough to be able to showcase what these men and women have done for us as citizens of Texas, which has given their life. So that's our main focus is to create this memorial, uh, 77 foot in circumference. And you have a location already, already plotted out? Yeah, already plotted out. We've actually put a stake in where the centerpiece is going to be. We actually have the uh, stone being cut. Um, we already have funding, actually, that we've sent to the uh, foundry to go ahead and get this started. But that's our main aspect of things, and that's phase one. There's a phase two to the memorial as well that we'd like to get funding for. But we have a mobile museum that we want to have created and built, a 53-foot tractor trailer that will tell the history of the Rangers from 1923 all the way, I mean, excuse me, 1823 to current, where when you think about, again, the history of the Rangers, it's the history of Texas. It's intertwined. So those, and then we have scholarships that were raised. We give scholarships to all of the active Texas Ranger children going to college. And we have a Ranger Relief Fund for active and retired Rangers that we have as well. So those are our four main uh, money raisers that we're, or money that we're trying to raise for. And you, anybody can go look at TexasRanger2023.org. TexasRanger2023.org. And all of that is on there. They can actually donate there. Um, but there's a lot of information. There's a calendar that shows what we're doing throughout 2023. And what are some of the events that are coming up over the next year? So our official kickoff is going to be at the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo, January 13th of 2023, and their entire three weeks of their show is wrapped around the Ranger Bicentennial. So we're going to have assets displayed, DPS assets, Ranger assets, the historical component on there, on display at the grounds for the entire three weeks. So that's our kickoff, and we are so thankful for the city of Fort Worth and the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. Um, and then we're going to take that on the road, as they say, and go across the state of Texas, and we're going to hit every area, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, San Antonio, McAllen, El Paso, Lubbock, Waco, and end up in Austin. And we're going to be showcasing the assets of the Modern Ranger, the historical equipment the Rangers have used, as well as having the opportunity to go out in the community and feed the community to bring them in to have interaction with retired and active Rangers and active and retired DPS. Um, and so that's really what we're looking to do and have a gala and a sporting clay shoot, actually. And we're going to be doing that in each one of those cities and areas I just mentioned. Wonderful. Will you do it in conjunction with rodeo or Western style events or? So the mobile museum, the idea there is to actually have it go to schools and businesses and rodeos and livestock shows and anywhere we can actually have that come to, again, showcase the history uh, component. Uh, Houston Rodeo is going to be doing a three, four day event around the Bicentennial in 2023, as will San Antonio. Um, and I'm getting with Austin here pretty soon. So, yes, the idea is to have not only these events that we're going to be doing in these particular cities, but also partner with these other rodeos, Texas Ranger Baseball, Texas Motor Speedway. They're all part of this. And for our listeners that live outside of Texas and overseas, we convey to them the importance, how big an event the Fort Worth Rodeo and Stock Show is. 1.2 million people come through that show. There are over 16,000 kids who show on the junior livestock aspect. And the idea is we're going to have an opportunity to be able to 
interact with them and create a recruitment opportunity for DPS as well. Because as we know, to be a ranger, you have to be a DPS trooper first. So that will also be done in San Antonio, in Houston, to create, again, touches with the public for them to be able to come and learn firsthand and have the experience of having their questions asked and answered by those who live it. For folks that have seen any episode of the show Yellowstone, uh, they have made a point to film in Fort Worth and at uh, particularly cutting horse events at these arenas where this is going to be happening. Correct. Yes. I mean, and then, of course, now you have an 1883. It's the the follow on series as well. And they just did a lot of filming in Fort Worth as well. Well, they brought in dirt into the Mule Alley where we were at the Drover Hotel or Hotel Drover uh, last night. Um, So, yeah, no, there's no question. There's a lot of that around Fort Worth. But Taylor Sheridan, who is the person behind that, is a Fort Worth individual as well. Now, we I've heard rumor that hats are hard to find these days. Well, that is true. Hats are, <laughs> as there's so many inventory chain issues. Um, but a, as you know, I own the hat store in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, and there's a bicentennial hat that has been being, or is created, that American Hat Company has created for the bicentennial. And we will have a lot of those in inventory. And we will be taking that uh, hat with us as we travel across the Great. state in 2023 as Great. well. But no black hats. <laughs> no black hats. No, no silver guys. belly, silver sand. <laughs> And pecan, that's as dark as we can That's go. right. And, and so my understanding is, is that show and the follow-on of uh, show has just driven huge demand for all things Western. Kind of like Urban Cowboy did back in, what was the 70s, right. with Out of Gillies uh, in Houston? Right. Well, and, I, and people who I've spoken to in the industry, the Urban Cowboy situation was one that came and went pretty quick. Mm-hmm. but this, Almost a fad. The, almost a fad, exactly. Uh, this well, And I think right now hats are cool. Everybody, hats are in. You have many generations that removed from when the hat meant going to work, coming home from work. So you have a whole younger generation now that want to use it as a fashion statement. But Yellowstone, we ordered, when, when we got the store, a lot of chocolate-colored hats. If I sold one, color, one chocolate-colored hat a month, Used that to be. was a lot. Right, right. But there's a gentleman that's in the <laughs> series that's wearing chocolate. Right. We can't keep them on the shelf. It's like the popular color now. So mm-hmm. it goes to show you how much that can dry. But there's no question that has revived the Western theme of life and what it was like. And again, I think 1883 will continue that. There, there's something about, and you can debate why it comes at this time, but there's something about the toughness the uh, steely truth that exists in the Western character that is being recognized again. Uh, there was a song years ago, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? Mm-hmm. But it is something that I think Taylor Sheridan, who's uh, from Cranfields Gap, Texas, he has done a good job of reflecting that. And this entire Ranger celebration is the core of that. In other words, the reality of that. He, he may have a show, but the core reality of that feeling, that character, is the Texas Rangers. And, and that's where we, you see in the the series, it's, inter- it's interwoven in there. Yes. And, and uh, you know, I think that you'll, it, again, you can't tell that story without having the Rangers come in the conversation. It's just that important. So I do want to add here for the fans of uh, Taylor Sheridan, we 
He mentioned we went in our own TV show. We've gone back to Taylor Sheridan country. Right. Filmed in Cranfield's Gap. Yeah. Yes. And the opening of the uh, series, which is called Freed to Kill, is coming out later in March about a notorious serial killer and Bill's efforts to hunt him down and bring him back to justice. And, and your efforts successful to expose the corruption mm-hmm. and change the system, Robert. The opening in each episode, there's an opening and it's Bill in Taylor Sheridan country with his big black cowboy hat and, and you know, reflecting on what how this man needed to be caught. I saw that hat last night, actually. Yes. Yeah. So tell it for people that are interested in uh, Western apparel, break it down for us on the hat. What are the options of the hat? What is it made of that they can order So and where they order? So you can go to TexasRanger2023.org. They will be, you'll have the ability to do that on the website, which is, will be up by the time this broadcasts. Uh, but there's a 200X, which is a pure beaver hat, a 40X, which is a high quality beaver rabbit mix and a 10X, which is a rabbit felt hat. And they will be in the color of silver belly, silver sand, pecan. And then in addition, there's two straw hats as well. And they have a special buckle set that is there for the Ranger Bicentennial that has the 200-year anniversary on it. And then inside the sweatband, there's a 200-year Bicentennial sweatband that's specifically made just for the Bicentennial itself. And not only that, we've got boots that Randy Watson is doing. We've got guns that Sig Sauer is doing. We've got buckles. We've got a whole series of items that are being specifically made for the Bicentennial that you will only be able to get during this Bicentennial year. So for our listeners, this is also being filmed and we put it on YouTube. What is the color hat you're wearing? I'm wearing a silver belly. Okay. And the Explain the the difference between beaver and the mix. Uh, is one more water repellent or is it wear better? Yeah, absolutely. So a rabbit, if you think about rabbit fur, will do not great in rain. You really need to have a It gets hat. soggy. It gets soggy. You got to have a hat cover if you're going to really wear it out in the rain. A 40X hat will do pretty good in the rain. It will hold its shape. You don't have to concern yourself unless it's a real big downpour. And when you get to a full beaver hat, obviously they are raised in the water. It will do fine in the rain. And I tell people a full beaver hat is a lifetime hat. It is something that you will be able to pass down to somebody else in your family. A rabbit hat, if you wear it on a regular basis, you're maybe talking two, three, four years life. But it can look cool. It can look great. <laughs> as, as it gets worn, I have a different black hat that that's a pretty cheap hat, but it got looking cooler and cooler, but its lifespan is limited. Well, and, 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 well that's it, but that gets that cool factor, right? That There's character. There's that's a story right. behind Even it. Even a hole in it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and, and that's where we have people come in buying a brand new hat, and they want us to distress it. And you're oh, that's burning it and scraping <laughs> oh, it. No. Yeah. Oh, like no. they've really done something. Like the, yeah, like they've, they've had Barbara run across exactly. it. Yeah, that's yeah, funny. Yeah. So, so we 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 will do that too. I mean, it, it, whatever you'd like. But yes, no. It, it but a beaver hat, a full beaver hat, or even a forty X, you know, really should last you a lifetime with a lot of character and a lot of a lot of stories behind. And what it. is the price range? So the it, it'd be on the ten X uh, around three fifty and going up to eight hundred, nine hundred on the the silver belly and. Yeah. For your, tell us again the name of your 
Western store online for any other kind of apparel, Western apparel that our listeners want? Well, so the hatstore.com actually is, it will have a lot belts, buckles, hats, mm-hmm. all kinds of items there. Yeah. And, but the items specifically for the Texas Ranger Bicentennial will be on the Texas Ranger 2023.org website. Well, Russell, thank you so much for sharing uh, what's you know about the Rangers, the Bicentennial, their contribution. And uh, I want to encourage everybody that wants to support them. I'm putting a link to the website in the show notes. And and go buy yourself a cowboy hat, a Texas Ranger. You couldn't get any better. Well, it's important, too, because as we all know, the, the state or the feeling towards law enforcement has, is coming off a, a pretty significant pendulum swing here. And, and now we're hoping that this bicentennial will bring people around, really the men and women who protect us. I mean, when you think about you're in trouble, what do you do? You call 911 or you reach out to your local law enforcement. And so it's really something that we really would love to have people engaged for whatever level they want to be. Come participate. Come learn. Please help us raise the funds to be able to create this memorial and have this traveling museum to be able to tell the full on history. And it's so important that these men and women feel that. Thank you for what you're doing for the Rangers. Yes, and if you, our listeners, do come to Texas, by all means, put the Texas Ranger Hall of Fame and Museum in Waco, Texas, on your list of things to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is something that is so special in itself, and there's actually a, a plan there to help go and really make that even better. Good. So I can't really disclose a whole lot on that topic right now, but there's more to come on that front. Yeah, you can witness the history of the state in that museum. Yes, you can. Yeah. Thank you so much. You bet. Appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. We want to be your favorite true crime podcast, so please recommend us to your friends and leave a review wherever you listen. If you want to receive updates and bonus interviews, join our true crime community at truecrimereporter.com. If you have suggestions or know of a case that we should look into, email us at fan at truecrimereporter.com. This podcast is a trademarked and copyrighted news organization based in Dallas, Texas. You can read more about our news team at truecrimereporter.com. Thanks for listening to our Journey into Darkness. Please tell your friends who love true crime that they can bypass secondhand tales and get their true crime fix here with authentic stories straight from the source. Tell them that True Crime Reporter is one of the few podcasts where you can hear raw, unfiltered accounts from law enforcement victims and even convicted criminals. And sign up for my free newsletter on the homepage of TrueCrimeReporter.com. It's your gateway to a world of knowledge and awareness in the realm of true crime and your personal safety. Thanks for listening, and until we meet again, be prepared, don't get scared. This is Robert Riggs reporting.